one is definitely way more cost effective than the other. Um, and in my opinion, time effective as well. Plus I have experience, extensive experience over the past decade with both. And uh, I only do one now. Welcome to Just the Tip Tuesday, Got Game University's new short form podcast. I'm Mike Edgehouse, and with co-host Ryan Smith, we take 10 to 15 minutes to dive into a subject that will make you a better hunter. Remember, it's just the tip that counts. On this week's episode of Just the Tip Tuesday, Ryan and I discuss the merits of vacuum sealing versus saran wrap and butcher paper. It's getting that time of year when you're going to get the animal down, field dress it and bring it home. You want your meat to last. So is it better to vacuum seal it or is it better to saran wrap and butcher paper it? We're going to dive into the ins and outs of each of them in this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another Just the Tip Tuesday with Ryan and Mike. Uh, another exciting episode. Uh, we're going back to uh, you know a tip that Mike had given in our first podcast. He had talked about you know the biggest mistake that people do while butchering at their home is uh, vacuum sealing. And hey, that, that's uh, just you, personal not, opinion. Not not using a uh, butcher paper, you know, or freezer paper yeah. and saran wrap. And so I'm actually super excited to hear this. I use uh, freezer paper. Uh, I use I tend to go that route, but I'm but not because I thought, you know, freeze dry bags or whatever they're called is was a bad vacuum thing. seal. Yeah. Vacuum well, seal. I, I tell you, uh, I think we should go into the benefits of each and then. Uh, let the listener decide what they want to do. Um, one is definitely way more cost effective than the other. Um, and in my opinion, time effective as well. Plus I have experience, extensive experience over the past decade with both. And, uh, I only do one now. So, but, uh, I got to tell you a funny story before we start. So we have Luke's elk in the freezer, right? And we also have a bunch of axis deer in the freezer. And so, I was looking at it, I was like, okay, hunting season's right around the corner. We have all this extra meat. It's time to do a little, a little grinding. Plus we were running very low. We were down to two pounds of ground meat. And I've never heard this term before, but my eight-year-old Griff wanted to help me grind all the meat. And so Ryan, I don't know if your kids help you grind meat yet or listener if your kids do, but I will tell you, at first I was like, ah, I don't know how this is going to go. He's eight. He's super good and super helpful, but sometimes you can do stuff a lot faster yourself. But I will tell you having a second set of hands, even if they're tiny little three and a half inch hands, because Griffin's only four feet tall and weighs like 60 pounds. So he has real small hands. It's hilarious. Having him there to use the tamper to push down the ground meat through the feeder a third time so I could fill up the game bags was absolutely a necessity it made putting them into the freezer bags the one pound freezer bags i use so much easier but he used a term that i had never heard when i run my grind through the coarse grind and then mix it all together again and then run it through the fine grind and he was just enthralled like stared like he was watching you know a leprechaun slide down a rainbow to a pot of gold at what he called the meat spaghetti coming out of the fine grind tubes. Oh, yeah. 
and it was dude it was perfect I, i looked i was like what did you just say he's like it's like meat spaghetti it's like meat noodles dad and i looked at it and i just i i then became enthralled with it and was just watching the meat noodles come out of the fine grind as well so i will forever refer to the fine grind as the meat noodle at this point and you know i know some of my friends that are listening to this are cracking up right now hearing the term meat noodle. So get your mind out of the gutter boys, but it is hilarious when you think of a whole spindle of meat spaghetti coming out of the grinder. And it it was magical. It was one of those things of, man, get your kids involved every aspect you can take them hunting, help them, let them help field dress, let them help process, let them help butcher. The more you can teach them now, the better they're going to be in the long run. So I actually think uh, on one of our long form podcasts, Ryan, and I had talked to you about this, we're going to get a round table together of some quote unquote experts or some non-experts, just some dads who take their kids hunting and get them involved in every aspect of it and have a round table about what's the best way to do that. Cause I know a lot of people out there have young kids, um, and see and hear my stories hunting with Luke, my buddy, Shane, over in Kamei, him, his stories hunting with his kids. And they're like, man, I want my kid to be able to hunt with me and hang in the mountains and stuff like that. How do I even get them started? And so I think a roundtable discussion coming up in the in the next little bit on our long form podcast is going to be pretty good on that one. Oh, yeah, that's a great topic. So, all right, let's dive into it, man. Vacuum okay. sealing. Vacuum what's, what's sealing. What's the benefit? Clear, clear the brain. The benefit of vacuum sealing is that you get a really cool ass piece of equipment and you can say you vacuum sealed your meat. Boom. That's it. Podcast over. That's the benefit of vacuum sealing. <laughs> no, I, there's people that swear by it, man. Um, vacuum sealing, does it take up less space? Like, is that, that's does a, it even do that? That's a great question. So, when you vacuum seal, and listener, I'm assuming you know what it is, but you remove all the air out of, uh, out from the meat, and it creates a seal, and then you basically get this very tight vacuum bag around your meat. I do not believe it does take up less space, right? I think that it, it's equitable in space. Now, it is pretty cool. I know some people that vacuum seal their ground meat. And they will vacuum seal the ground meat into these one pound bags and they're perfectly flat. So vacuum sealing your ground meat, maybe that does take, save some space as opposed to putting it in those freezer bags that you fill from the tube Mm -hmm. with one pound of meat. So that one might work. Um, But otherwise you're creating an anaerobic environment around the meat and you're able to freeze it. Now I will say the benefit of vacuum sealing, if you want to wet age your meat, Right. So I think we've touched on this before, but there's two types of aging, dry aging and wet aging meat. The idea behind wet aging meat is you create an anaerobic environment, right? A vacuum seal, you remove all the oxygen. So the material inside the meat, the bacteria, the mold, et cetera, it's anaerobic and it'll slowly tenderize that meat. So the benefit minus having a cool ass vacuum sealer is that you can pull your frozen meat barring that the vacuum sealed meat does not break its seal and it stays airtight, you can pull it out, you can put it in the fridge, and then you can let it wet age for as long as you damn well want because it's an anaerobic environment. 
right? So you do not need to age it before putting it in. You don't need to age any meat before freezing it. You can age it after. But vacuum sealing allows you to pull that meat out, not have to dry age it or anything, and just throw it in the fridge one week, two weeks, three weeks, and just let it wet age before you cook it, which will tenderize it. I found it doesn't really concentrate the flavor or change it. So minus having the cool machine, the key benefit in my mind to vacuum sealing is you are able to wet age your meat after you pull it out from the freezer, barring that you did not break that vacuum seal. Now, the, the big benefit that I see to saran wrap and butcher paper. So I just want to clarify, when we say saran, butcher paper, we're talking wrapping it in saran wrap first and then wrapping it in butcher paper, not just wrapping the meat in butcher paper itself, right? So the benefit to that that I have extensive experience with is the meat that is saran wrapped and butcher papered has a much longer freezer life than vacuum sealed meat. Now, I know people are going to argue and say, oh, you're full of crap. I've had roast frozen for two years in vacuum seal. Absolutely, you might have. But I've had more roasts that are vacuum sealed or steaks that are vacuum sealed. I pull them out and they're off. Something's wrong. The seal's still good after about a year, 15 months. Whereas I've definitely dug through my freezer and found two and a half, three-year-old roasts that were saran wrap and butcher papered. I undo them. I thaw them out and they're right as rain. Same as the day I put them in. Okay. So the other benefit to saran wrap and butcher paper, I had mentioned before that you have to worry or barring that vacuum seal breaking. The seal on saran wrap and butcher paper is not going to break. There's no way for it to break, right? Unless you have an uber organized freezer, which I do not, right? We have a chest freezer, so frozen pizzas from Costco, chicken pot pies, everything else gets thrown oh, yeah. in there. There's some sharp edges. You can puncture that vacuum seal. You're not going to puncture the freezer paper and saran wrap. You may rip the freezer paper a little bit, but there's usually multiple layers. You're not going to break that seal and introduce oxidation or freezer burn to your meat. It is more protected when you saran wrap and butcher paper than when you vacuum seal, right? So in my opinion, that's the huge benefit to saran wrap and butcher paper, as well as the benefit to vacuum sealing. Now let's talk about the downfalls. Vacuum seal downfall. You can tear those bags, right? I don't think it's a secret I got the chance to to go to Maui before this horrible wildfire tragedy happened and I killed a couple axis deer down there. And where we butchered down there, we vacuum sealed them because the surrender up and butcher paper was not an option. Brought it all back, it was fine, it worked, threw it in. And Ryan, I was telling you before we started, I think I have two or three axis deer hindquarter roast that when I was moving everything around in the freezer three days ago to put our meat noodles and there are packaged meat noodles in there. I have three roasts that the vacuum seal has broken on. They are freezer burnt. I'm thawing them out. I'm going to slice all that freezer burned off and I'm going to have to cook them because once it becomes freezer burned or once that seal breaks, you don't want to leave the meat in there to just, you're basically open air in your freezer. 
So what's going to happen? It's going to freeze the outside, but then it's slowly going to freeze all the way down the inside of that meat and ruin the whole roast, right? So you could take it out, you can shave it off, then you can wrap it and redo it, or you just take them out and you cook the damn things. Not that I'm complaining about cooking axis deer roast, but I sure as hell would have liked to have done it at a different time than, you know, the middle of August, right before elk season. So that's a huge downfall to vacuum sealing. Not only can it get punctured, but think about it. If you have, let's say four stakes, four backstrap stakes, right? Laid out in a cube and you vacuum seal it. It's, it's nice. It's, it's stable, et cetera. You throw it into the bottom of your freezer or a few pounds of things on it. Those stakes might move around. One gets turned up or one side gets turned up or whatever that loosens that arrangement of meat in there and potentially introduces air into that environment. So you may say, Hey, the seal didn't break. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, you bent the meat, you disconfigured how it was frozen in there and introduced air that may have been trapped inside the meat or elsewhere. So now you're getting freezer burn on your vacuum sealed meat without ever puncturing the bag. So it's way more delicate as well. So that's another downfall. So I got two downfalls now. The third downfall, in my opinion, if you're not spending the dime, which hunting's already expensive enough, on a true chamber sealer, meaning you know, you put your meat in the vacuum bag, you put it in the chamber sealer, you close the top and it creates this vacuum and pulls all the air out, right? You know, the ones I'm talking about They're mm-hmm. They're usually 900 to $3,000, depending on how big you want them. <clears throat> if you're using the food saver brand that you get at Costco, which my guess is the majority of our listeners have, or the majority of people have. Oh yeah. Those I know people with it. Oh my gosh. They are finicky. Like for the first month, you're like, these are great. I don't know what, you know, what Edge House is talking about. That guy's nuts. It's going to act up on you. It's going to do that. It takes forever to suck all that air out. I don't know if you've ever used one and you vacuum seal and it does it like 80%. And you're like, well, all the air's not out of this darn thing. Right. And then, so that's the third problem. So money spent on that. And then the fourth problem, those bags are definitely a finite supply. Right. And they're not cheap because they're not Ziploc bags. You have to buy special vacuum seal bags to vacuum seal. Now, let me ask you a question. You get a big sirloin tip, like a 12 pound sirloin tip off of a big bull or off of a big cow. Right. You don't want to cut it into to quarters. You just want to half it. I want you to tell me the vacuum seal bag or the chamber sealer out there that will accommodate an eight and a half inch tall roast that is like six inches long. It, it, if they exist, that's awesome, but I'm not willing to spend the five grand to buy the, the chamber and the bag and everything to accommodate that. Right. So right. again, I'm limited by that. Okay. So those are the four or five big downfalls to vacuum sealing that I see. Right. And I've listened to other podcasts and other, you know, game processors and stuff and say, oh, you know, vacuum sealing's the way to go. So let's talk about the downfalls of saran wrap and butcher paper saran wrap you have to buy the saran wrap and you have to buy the butcher paper instead of the seemingly quote-unquote one step of vacuum sealing where you drop it in the bag and put it in the chamber now you have to roll your meat in the saran wrap right but when you roll your meat in the saran wrap you are pushing the air out so you're creating almost an anaerobic environment as well so you did that and now you have to add butcher paper to it 
right? You wrap it in butcher paper and have to tape that. So there is an extra step involved there. However, I will tell you, I am on the fifth year, the fifth, five, 365 days times five, five hunting seasons for multiple species on the mega roll of saran wrap from Costco that cost $39.99 five years ago. And I'm still oh, using yeah. that roll. I've killed quite a few elk. God only knows how many deer with tags and bear, turkey and everything else. And I'm still on that roll. So that I'm saying is, is cost negative. I am on my fourth roll of butcher paper, <laughs> right? <laughs> I am on my fourth roll of butcher paper and butcher paper rolls are about $40 per roll. I like to use the lem because it's, it's a 30 gauge. It has that nice, uh, uh, waxed inside that I keep on the inside. Okay. But the downfall is there is that multiple step process, right? So that, right. that would be the downfall that I would see with saran wrap in butcher paper. Okay. I forgot to add probably one of my favorite things though, about using butcher paper and I'll just move forward saying butcher paper to abbreviate it. You can write whatever the heck you want on the butcher paper to describe what cut is in there. You cannot do that with vacuum seal. You get that edge to write, you know, the date or the, the species or what the cut is on vacuum seal. But if you write with a Sharpie in the center, you're not really going to see it that well. White butcher paper, I can write whatever I want on there. If, you know, if it's a bottom round, but it, I did a poor job butchering the bottom round, I could write on there, you know, Elk 2021 uh, Thai basil elk recipe, meat for Thai basil elk recipe, right? And I'll know exactly like, okay, I messed up the butchering on that one. So that goes to that recipe itself. You know what I mean? Right? You can oh, put yeah. a lot more, lot more information on there. So the question I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose out there, when you go to a high-end butcher shop, here in Spokane, it's my buddies over at Eggers North for us. I swear by them. There's great butcher shops in Boise. There's probably some butcher shops in Salmon. Wherever you go to that high-end butcher shop and you get a steak or a roast or chicken breast or pork chop out of the, the counter, do they take it and say, hold on, I'm going to vacuum seal it for you so you can take it home? No. They wrap it in butcher paper. There's a reason that butchers use butcher paper. There's a reason that butcher paper is so commonly used by everybody. And it's because the damn stuff works. I've, I've had way more experience. I will tell you, I have never lost a roast using saran wrap and butcher paper. I've never lost a cut of meat. And your question at the beginning was great. Does it take less space using, using a vacuum sealer? I don't think so. I think in, it's really equals there. It's sixes there. Unless you take the time to make those flat one pound meat sheets. Other than that, no way, man. It's for me, it's, it's butcher paper all the way for the reasons that I listed. How about you? What do you use? Uh, I use butcher paper. I don't have, I'm not going to pay the money for the vacuum sealer. Uh, the saran wrap butcher paper is just always easy. You can get it at the grocery store and yep. you're, you're uh, good with it. It just sits in my hunting stuff. So my wife can't touch any of it and it just sits there. And then we shoot something, it comes inside. Hey, I so. tell you the other thing, 
And I know we're running short on time here. I was a little bit loquacious with that. Um, I've, I've, cause I'm pretty passionate about it. Like I said, I, I have done my fair share of truck bed butchering of deer and elk and, and stuff like that. If you do not have a generator at your camp or the ability to plug in your vacuum sealer or anything else, there's no chance in hell that you can use a straw and suck all of the air out of that animal and then use a lighter to create a vacuum seal. You're going to go with saran wrap and butcher paper. You can use that stuff in the middle of the woods. You can use it in the wintertime in your driveway when your wife says you're not bringing that damn animal into my house to butcher it again or whatever. You know? Oh, yeah. So that's my opinion. I, I think as the season approaches, man you'd be hard pressed to not go out and spend 80 bucks on a roll of saran wrap and some butcher paper and give it a world this year. I think it, people that don't do it they they don't realize how much stronger this it is for their meat and the longevity of their meat gets increased big time. Well, and, and you even kind of, you know, when I roll mine, I kind of do the burrito technique. hundred percent. Oh yeah. And I do, I do the burrito technique, but you can kind of, you can kind of shape them a little bit to how you want them. And so you can, it's kind of like just square blocks going in the freezer yep. too. Like they actually don't, they, they stack well. They do like, stack well. I agree with you. I do well. the burrito method, but I, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in the, the little cuts that, you know, you're going to grind later. I like to grind three quarter frozen meat or very, very cold meat. So I can put a pound or two pounds of those that trim. And when I do the burrito technique, I can form it legitimately, you're right, into a oh, rectangle yeah. block. And it, it it's perfect to freeze. I, man, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Well, and even I've done the one pound bags, but I've even done with my hamburger, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you can. Freezer bags and you can really just shape them all exactly the same, stand them, you know, just like the bags if you don't have the bags. Absolutely. Uh, which we which we usually have the bags, but you run out and Absolutely. you have to yeah. order them. And, and sometimes, things, I so. mean, this time of year, if, if people wait, like listener, if you're going to wait for another 10 days to head to North 40 sportsman's or your supply store to get your butchering oh, yeah. supplies and bags and stuff, and you're going to, you're going to be running to about four different sportsmen's to pick it up because they're going to be <laughs> sold out. Like go get your stuff now. And if you, if you're overzealous, you're like, I'm going to get a hundred bags, you know, damn well, you may not kill an animal this year. You won't have to buy them again for the next couple seasons. So pick okay. that stuff up at one time in bulk for sure. Well, awesome. Well, great stuff. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, see what your thoughts are on this. Definitely after hunting season, after you give uh, butcher paper a shot. So reach out to us on the Got Game Instagram page or the Cut Right Mobile uh, Instagram page and reach out. We'd love to That'd hear be from great. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Ryan, I don't have an idea for a topic next week. You got anything in mind? I've got, I've got stuff in mind. I always, my mind's always, always got something. All right. I love, I love it. So next, next Tuesday, that's the day before the elk opener in, uh, in Idaho. So, um, it's coming. I know, man, it's coming fast. I can't freaking wait. I'm so excited. So, yeah, we'll uh we'll get this one up on Tuesday and then we'll get we'll get something super fun to listen to as you're driving to hunt camp next Tuesday. Okay. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Mm-hmm.